Hello. Thanks for coming back. We're going to start the show with smash burgers and a root beer float, sort of. Then we're going to be talking about songs that you know, but you might not know the title. Of course, then that naturally segues into helicopter parenting. And then we're going to Paranormal Corner and talking about some creepy things that have been happening at the manor recently. And welcome back to Snack Little Talk Little. I'm Mark. And I'm Jana. Smashburger. So this is a that thing sounds like a grot group. It's <laughs> so they call it a smashburger, a smashburger taco. Okay. You the the idea is to smash that meat in the pan because <laughs> you want it to get you know a little more brown, more brown for your for your meat. And then you put a flour tortilla on top of it, and then you turn that around because you want your flour tortilla to get browned. Okay. And so I did just one instead of I I did just one tortilla. And split it in half for us, which makes it even messier because now instead of being a, yeah, because I tried cutting it and it's like, oh my goodness. Otherwise, if I did two whole ones for us, it would take up a lot of time. So may I, may I grab go it? Go for it. You can <laughs> grab it. While you're grabbing your smash burger, which I wrapped in foil in hopes of catching some of that. You know what? If you want, you can take the plate and I'll. Well, you need a plate there. I'm, I'm all right. Okay. Okay. So it's your usual fixins, but yeah, that meat is spread all the way. Around uh, You're thinly, have to take over the dinghy. <laughs> it's spread all the way thinly <laughs> around the tortilla, and then you just um, put it on a medium to medium high heat. Um, once it gets nice and brown, and you've got all that burger fat in the pan, then that's when you're going to want to turn it around so that you can brown the underside of the flour tortilla. When it was finished, I put some. When it was cooked, I put some. Uh, American cheese slices on top and then cover the lid so that that'll melt a little bit. Okay. And then, yeah, when, once I took it off of there, the usual, I don't know, we'll say your typical burger, maybe Big Mac, little bit, uh, a little bit of seasoning uh, went on the meat. Uh, there are a couple of different kinds of meat there. It's not just ground beef. I don't know it if you can like tell. It looks like two different patties. Well, it's because I, I folded it over. Oh, okay. Because remember, it's... Um, smushed around the entire flour tortilla. Uh, so originally it's around, and then when I take it out, you fold it up like a taco, which is why they sometimes call it a smash burger taco. Okay, so do you take... Did you make... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many questions. Go. Uh, it tastes very good. It's very heavy. Uh, did you make the burger patties, or were they pre-made? No, I made that. Okay. So you smash it around the size yes. of the tortilla. Yep, yep. I is put what you yes, did. Okay. Yeah. All, all I just wondering where the smash comes the entire from. Entire tortilla. To me, it, it's a mashup because basically it's a it's a hamburger, but instead of a bun, there's a flour tortilla. Yes. So that's kind yes. of what it is. So it's you ground, smash the meat it's ground all the beef way around, and the, it's ground pork and a little bit of bacon um, oh, wow. mixed up in the beef with a little bit of seasoning, but I wanted to season the top of it too. Um, and then to go with this, I mean, it's kind of a summer thing, even though it's not grilled. It's kind of a summer idea, having burgers and dogs on the grill. Maybe you're going to have a, a root beer float for afterwards. Well, I saw at uh, a special uh, international market something that's made by Rosa Brothers, root beer float milk. What? Yeah, yeah. And it's in a cute, actually, take a look at there. I, I could have brought it in, but there you go. It's in a cute little tiny, you know, milk. Oh my gosh, glass it's in a milk. milk glass milk jar. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't tried it. I, I did smell it though when is I was. Is that took local? It is that is the is the The place where I found it? Yep. No, no. Yep. I mean 
the product. Oh, uh, you know what? I don't know. We'll have to take a look at the the. Because to me, a glass milk in a bottle is something that. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, obviously that stuff can be shipped anywhere. I guess it says to real me, California milk. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe it was made in Egypt, marked. Marked. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to all our shows, and you'll understand that. Okay, so that's a smash burger. You just smash the heck out of it onto the pan so that it might be the same amount of meat you would make for a good-sized burger, but instead it's it's spread all over the pan so that you have more of the caramelized meat. That's well, it's, essentially it's very the good. idea. Why don't you dig into it, and I'll talk about what I'm eating. I'm going to give it a <laughs> shot. Yes, I am. So it is So it is pretty messy. Jana brought in extra napkins uh, yes. for us. Um, the foil... Obviously, you can hear it making noises as we're unwrapping to try to hold the food in with that. Mm-hmm. But it tastes very good. But it, it also, she has mayonnaise and mustard, uh, pickles and lettuce. It kind of is like a Big Mac. And, and onions. she got some red onions in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you should let me know. I could have brought something from my garden, my garden. Well, I had them anyway, so. But I'll try to remember that. Again. You should not be buying onions in the store. Just stop by. I, okay, okay. I'll give okay. you something fresh. <laughs> this is good. These are. Um, it kind of does taste like a fancy Big Mac. Yeah, it does. You know, it's uh, if I had not wrapped this in foil, I would say that the tortilla would be crunchier. But I thought it was better to catch all the, all the bits food, that we're yeah. going to spill out every time we bite into this. Um, you know, I suppose the. Maybe they're okay. So one way to prevent yourself from having too much spillage is either to eat it like a tostada in the future, or mm. go way, 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 way even thinner on the meat. Which, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I like it. It's it, it's a messy eat, uh, but I like that there's foil because then it will uh, catch juices and stuff, and they won't spill out like mm-hmm. like the like the the waxy paper sometimes will do. Mm from uh, different places but this is really good it is it does take two hands to eat i'm going to try to hold it with one hand and get over there to the root beer milk try your root beer milk just to see what the heck that's all about while you do that i'm going to take another bite of this messy because i'm I'm a real big fan of root beer floats you know i make my own ice cream and stuff and i like to buy i don't buy coca-cola and pepsi and stuff like that i buy special specialty sodas as we featured on the show before so I'm curious to what this might. Uh, well, it smells smells very much like a root beer float, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Has the consistency of milk. It's you know what this is actually genius. Okay, so now <laughs> all right, let me decide. Because you know when you do a, a root beer float, you have the ice cream that melts down into the root beer. So even after you eat the ice cream part, you have that root beer ice cream left yes. in the bottom that the melted that's what this is that's what this is someone said you know what i'm gonna put that into a bottle just gonna put the root beer milk <laughs> i just wonder what they did with the ice cream is this like they have a factory full of people eating ice cream out of root beer floats and, and then they pour the rest leftovers. into the into the trough that goes right. angled down into a big barrel <laughs> wow well that, so that is a good that is, this is a great combination yeah that is very good Yep. I mean, no, I mean, the combination between the oh, root beer float summer, and the summer hamburger smash right? burger in a tortilla. I got to say, the other side that was, that was trying, to, I was trying to get as much of the tortilla to stick out as possible to keep that browned crunchness 
I do still have some crunch on my tortilla. And yeah, that's great when you get the crunchy part. So have to, you know what, this, you guys try this. Yes, it's a burger. But with that browned tortilla, do this. And then just serve it as like a tostada or something because there is something special about about having that toastiness of the tortilla it adds a little bit of extra flavor and crunch and i'm a texture girl good good stuff i think we're gonna have to on <laughs> okay. our end yes. pause the show finish this and then <laughs> yes. continue because There's... because if we try to eat with both hands and try to touch the computers which i have to do for the next segment it, this is not gonna and work it, and well. it wouldn't be the same having this cold i suspect no. so so we're we're going to take a break. You guys won't hear anything because it will go right to the, the next, next segment. segment. And here we are at the next segment after we finish that delicious food. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We could not have continued to try to do the show while no, eating that. That was no. great stuff. And heaven forbid we waste the food. So. Great stuff. That's right. That's right. Or, or wait and let it get cold or mm -hmm, anything like that. Mm -hmm. We can't reheat it in the microwave. It was in foil. Yes. You can't take it out of the foil once no, it's in the foil. That's right. Because So we <laughs> ate it foil and all. <laughs> so, Jana... I know that you know you're a big music person. Yes. Uh, I have about six songs. I think it's six. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven songs. Oh, as it turns out, even better. That are songs that hopefully you're familiar with. I don't know that you will be on some of these. Some of these you definitely will have heard, uh, certainly on radio over the years. I. I uh, but so this is you trying to guess the artist and the name of the song, but it's okay. not. It's the proper name of the song, not okay. the one that you think it is. Okay, this this okay. I suspect that this will be a major fail because I know that there are several. It should be a major fail because I don't yeah. believe me. If, as I was compiling this, this is just something I thought of, and as I heard songs, you know, on the radio and, and the various uh, things that I listened to, I uh, added them to the list until I have a handful mm -hmm. of them. Then I was like, you know what? Let me uh, let it's me time. do this to the show. Okay. So this is one that I know you'll know the song. There's no doubt about it. Okay. Uh, you may even know the artist, but do you know the name okay. of the song? Okay. Right. Shout out when you get it, folks. So it's it's the Pina Colada song. That is not the name of the song. That is the right, name it became. I mean, right. It's the song about Pina Coladas and whether you like them. Uh, Rupert something? Yep. Very good. Rupert Holmes. Okay. I'll say Rupert Everett, and I'm like, no, 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 that's the actor. Um, oh, you know what? I have so what is the heard name before. So it was originally released under its official name, but it became so popular that they included in parentheses after its original title, the Pina Colada song. So, do you know the little... the the, the exercise program on my um on my oculus quest right you, i've had you try that before right where you're like hitting stuff right. with the music they have like a, a cool down period with right. this song and damn it okay here comes the name of the song escape that's it okay escape that song folks is known as a pina colada song, obviously. Right. I mean, it's a but song about the pina name coladas. Is escape because he says, "Come with me and escape," escape. and that sneaky, is the name of the song. Is escape. Sneaky Rupert. Well, he didn't know. He didn't know how popular that was going to be. I've seen yeah. interviews with him, and you know, he's getting residuals and everything off of it. But you know, it was, it was just one of those one-hit wonders, if you will, for him. This song is just like for me. It's just kind of meh. It's just okay. But I got to tell you, for a cool down 
and you're just sort of grooving back and forth and like, you know, trying to dry off all that nasty drip, sweat drippage. It's actually great for that. So. Well, that song came out in 1979. I... I'm horrible with that kind of thing, but I was just well, thinking 79. Yeah. But yeah, that so would the just next, be So the next song, and, and I'm not going to go dates on all of these because I ran out of time as I was doing show prep, and then Jana brought the food in, and I was like, oops, well, the food's hot. We got to get going with the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, this next song, now we get into, this This song is from 94, and this is the last song that I have an official date on. So I don't know how much radio you were listening to in the 90s, but you should recognize the song enough to know, yeah, yeah, I've heard that song. But I'm just curious as if you can guess the artist and the actual name okay. of this song. So here we go. Okay. Do you have the time Green Day. Yes. I am one of those. First of all, I, I always thought that what's his name? Not Billy Corgan. Uh, whoever he is. Billy Joe Armstrong. Okay. He always sounded to me like he needs to blow his nose. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sometimes I give myself the creeps. Uh, do I know what it's called? Uh, is it going to say the words? I don't know. I love the song. It's a great song. Paranoid. Nope. Uh, gotta blow my nose. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I, I can play the whole song and it will. I don't know if this. The, yeah. The, if it, actually, I don't know all the lyrics of these songs. Uh-huh, I uh-huh. love this song. I think it's great, a great song. Great song. Yeah. I I just know it's a, what it's about in general. Like this. Sometimes I give myself the creep. I've thought thing like that. Have you given yourself the sometimes, creeps before? Yeah, sometimes my mind plays tricks on me. I could see that. Okay. Keeps adding up. I think I'm cracking up. Am I just paranoid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And I love that he didn't have lyrics for that. It's like, am I just paranoid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> the I- song is called Basket Case. Okay. Now I'm sure they're. Right. Now look, I'm a fan of Green Day. In fact, I think I have one of their albums. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that works though. If he's giving but, himself the creeps. Yeah, the whole thing is about losing your mind. And it's a little and, frenetic, and, yeah. and so. But that is Basket Case okay. by Green Day. I know some of you knew that. I know. Yeah, like I, I said, know. A, true, we know. a true Green Day fan would know right yeah, away. Yeah. Uh, I I think I would probably know, on that one because I've watched a video and listened to it often enough. All right, so now this this one this will be interesting. This is one of the songs I'm not sure if you'll be able to identify. You hopefully you've heard this song. Okay. I mean I'm I'm picking songs that are they're not esoteric or anything like that. So here we go. It'll get there. Oh right, uh, smashing pumpkins. Yes, very good. I would not have got that. The by wrong the way. Billy the first time, but now I got the right Billy. <laughs> Um, do I know what it's called? This is such a haunting song. Uh, I gotta say, I'm sorry, people, but okay. So Billy Corgan's voice does bother me because oh he sounds—he sounds like bitchy and whiny. But this is the '90s. That's what the—that the, was the music was like. That, but. 
blow his nose, dude, didn't sound that way. I mean, I yeah, he sounds like he needs to I blow his nose. Need, I think they sound whiny. I think it's whiny, punk, new stuff. Uh, uh, to me. To me, a lot of the stuff, because it's a lot of complaining about it in, in it, to me. Okay. But anyway, uh, by the way, the the uh, title of the song has already been mentioned. I, I don't even song. know what he's saying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I don't song, even... I don't even know what he the song's even about, but I love the song. Uh, he doesn't know. I have the lyric video up, so oh, I, have okay. a, I have an advantage. I'm like, here. I don't know what he's saying. But but it's just he the know, he vibe of the song and everything. It's and this does not relate to the title necessarily, but the vibe of the song is just to me this part that haunting and what he says. I forget what he says there, but I've looked it up. It was just, it's just bizarre. Uh-huh. It's just, it's okay. very haunting. The song, he actually, you know what? I'm going to go back to the beginning, the very beginning of the song, because he actually says the title of the song. Okay. He says, Shake Down, and then the title of the song. Shake Down, 1979. 1979. 1979 is okay. what this song is. Uh, Isn't that weird? N- yeah. That's the only time that I know of that is mentioned no in the song. Clue. But it's uh, reminiscing to 1979. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, so that's it. And, but you know what? You get credit. The Smashing Pumpkins. I would not have got that. I mean, I, I know the song. I yeah, like yeah, the song. Yeah. It's. I think it's a cool song, but I I didn't know. Okay. Didn't All, know. Right. All right. All right. All right. Here comes another song. Okay. See if you can f- figure out what the title is. Or see if uh, you know what the title is. I know okay. you've probably heard the song. But, okay. But. Oh, right. Oh, uh, gotta keep it separated. No, yeah, you no. Gotta keep okay. <laughs> do you know what that that sounds like in the beginning? Throwing me is. Do you happen to remember the song by ZZ Top called Velcro Fly? Yes. Okay, that reminds me of. Well, very it also reminds of me of Lowrider a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do I know what it's called? And See, do I know? Who I it know. Is? I know it as. Again, whiny. Okay, who's singing? Whiny this? punk. Third Eye Blind. Rock. Third Eye Blind. This one I would have known because I do have one of their albums. It's not Third Eye Blind. It is not. Same era. This is a '90s band. Yeah, this is gonna bother me because I know I know who this is. Okay. Bye. Keep it separated. Right. But do I Here know what it's called? Wait, not yet. Here it is. It's coming up. You're under 18, you can Come on and play. Come out and play. Oh, come out and play. Is the name of the song. Oh. But I know it as you got to keep them separated. <laughs> um. Okay. You still don't know the, t- the group, uh, right? I know, I know who the group I is, would, but no, I, I'm not. I, I would pay. I would probably pay to see them. Maybe not a hundred dollars, but maybe. Oh. Okay, go ahead and tell me who it is. Offspring. Okay. The yep, offspring. yep, 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 yep. Yeah. I knew that. I knew this. You know what? Okay. I really like a lot of their stuff. Here's a little interesting tidbit. You know how I said the beginning sounds like Velcro fly? Right. If y'all aren't from the what would that be? The 80s. late 80s. 
Mid to late? Mid, mid 80s. Okay. Early to mid 80s. It's not one of their bigger hits as far as I know. I don't think it ever was, but there was a video. Right. And I want to say that there was even like an Egyptian thing. I'm, I'm wondering if Velcro Fly gets confused with Walk Like an Egyptian, but I I know what you're saying. There's the like there chicks. Was, there's... Yeah. Yeah. If only I had a computer in front of me. Oh, darn. And could look it up. But I'm not going Velcro to because I have another fly. song for Just you. Just enough of that sticky stuff. That's, part of, that's what I remember about Velcro Fly. <laughs> you know that ZZ Top songs were all about sex. Uh, no. Yeah. No, to me, it's yeah. probably all about gardening and, you know, <laughs> foodies. Going out and getting the mail. Right. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. This one, you should know the group. You okay. should hear the song. But do you know the name of the song? And I don't even think the name is in the song. Oh. Uh, 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 Zeppelin. Yep. Oh, oh, oh. Huh, they were famous for this. I, I could do a whole Zeppelin. segment on only Zeppelin just, songs. Yes. For, for now this an hour is sexy. There's just there's just something. You know what? He's a whiner, but I'm okay with this whining. <laughs> I'm okay with this whining because it's a little nasty and dirty. It's not like wipe my butt. This is like. Hey, baby, come on over here and get in bed with me or I'm going to cry and kill myself. <laughs> it's a different kind of a wine. <laughs> oh, Robert. Just that groove. So you know the song. I, I don't think that the title is in this. I mean, has he even said words yet? Oh, he did. All these ties. Here's he's crying. Don't go. We know the song. <laughs> the song, you're probably never going to get it. Unless you've looked into this. I don't. I, I don't. I, I would not have got it. I know the song. I know the title. They're because very I've looked popular. into this before. I, I've probably heard the title before and didn't know it was this one. Dire Maker. Nope, didn't even know the title. <laughs> now, it's spelled D apostrophe Y-E-R. Okay. Because the apostrophe for I-D, it's... And maker, oh, M-A-K oh, apostrophe oh, E-R. Oh, okay. Because what it is, it's it's uh, English slang. Oh, slang. For, <laughs> for did you make her? Oh, Do you oh, make heavens. her? Did you make her? Okay. Do you make her? So it's a dirty little song. Yeah. So that's, 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 that's the name of that song. That's hot. All right. So here's another song that I don't know if the title is ever in the lyrics, but... You've got to know the song, and you will probably get the group. Okay. But the title of this song. Okay, so far it's not. It's. Yeah, it'll get into it. Okay. Love the keyboards. Why should I care? Okay. Uh, ELO? No. I know this voice. It's not ELO. Who else sounds like this besides ELO? Are you familiar with the song at all? Not yet. Yes? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the who. Yeah. You don't like the Who? No. What's the matter? Why am I in the same room with you? <laughs> Come on, Mark. Oh my gosh. Nah. 
But I did like the keyboards in the beginning. <laughs> um, you know what? So is this uh, the better looking of the two? <laughs> the guys who sang the most? Uh, is this Daltrey? Roger, Roger Daltrey. I don't... I think so. Okay. Okay, so I don't mind the smoky, growly voice. Um, and this is okay. And you I love the horns in the background. You're not familiar with this song? No. Oh, okay. Well, then you're not going to guess the title. Oh. I know the song because I just, the, the musical, this the horns, the... I would, wait. This is so Beatles right here. Just the inside, outside, hmm. and very Beatles. Okay, see, I'm making lemon out of lemonade out of lemons because I love his growl. I love the horns. I now I'm thinking, did they do the horn thing very often? Seems like that was not. Well, I think this was part of one of their. It may have been part. Oh, you know what? I don't want to embarrass myself. I was gonna say maybe this is part of Tommy, which was their. Is this, is this weird but enough? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Because Tom is Tommy's so but weird. Since, you, you, since you're not even familiar with the song, I'd be familiar with the song. I wouldn't be able to tell you what it was. To me, okay. this is Inside Outside, because it says Inside Outside, oh. leave me alone. But the song is actually called 515. Ah. Huh. Huh. So that's, that's... No, you know what? I guess it's because of my prejudice against The Who. I just haven't done the deep dive. Um, but So was that a pretty big hit? I don't know how big a hit it was. It, it, it was enough that it fell on my radar yeah, yeah. enough that I, hmm. I know the song. I It's great. And again, this is a, how music is. I don't know what the lyrics are about or anything. I know it yeah. has some lyrics that apply to things in my life so I can identify with. But I love the orchestration of it, the I music. Do, I do too. How it starts off really slow and then just goes into this rocking thing. And it's mm -hmm. got like old time rock and roll and, and orchestra type of stuff. Yep, and yep. I just think really it's, well produced. I, I, I think it's a great song. And, and I, and I All like right, the so, growling. So the final one, okay. this one is, well, I guess I'll play it. It's a tough one for me to okay. listen to. Are you going to cry? I might. Okay. <laughs> Don't get so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the camera ready. <laughs> uh, I have to say, okay, I haven't guessed any of the titles, right? but I have guessed every group. Oh, no, except for Offspring. But I knew the song. Correct. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Very good. Okay, thank I you. I will give you full credit. All right, here we go. Oh, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. This is so you know the song. This isn't Green Day again? It is. Oh. <laughs> I've the time of my life. <laughs> I like Green Day. No, I do like Green Day, but he does have a snotty nose. Come on, he's got a snotty wow. nose. Wow. People. You go to, to Instagram, Twitter, and, and, and Facebook, and you tell us, does Billy need to blow his nose? <laughs> oh, my God. I'll put a poll uh, on, the, on our uh, anchor site. So do you know the name of the song? I would have thought Time of Our Lives or something right. like so that. So in parentheses, it's Time of Your Life, but that is not the title of the song. Okay. Take the photographs and still frames in your mind. Now i got to say... I don't know exactly what this song is about, but it's clearly about reminiscing and all that stuff. I'm sure people read into whatever they want to read into. And as I've discussed on the show before, whatever you read into it, most of the artists are, that's good as long as you like it. I hope you have a time of your life. 
Now, this is very emotional to this me. This is beautifully produced. Yeah. Because this song I use as a closing song when I did the slideshow for my son's I funeral. I a feeling. Okay. And so anytime I hear it, even talking about it now, I'm getting choked up. Because mm -hmm. anytime I hear this song, you know, I'm like, why did I use that song? Because it is a great song about, I hope you have the time of your life because... It would be great for back my son graduation, died so, He died funeral. so young. And this was his era of music and stuff, and it was just so appropriate. But even hearing it now, I'm just, I well up just hearing it. But the song is actually called Good Riddance. Oh, okay. Which makes it seem to take a negative bye -bye. tone now, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly what it's about. I could look in to find out what it's about, but I know what it's about for me. This was a, yeah. Really well produced. Very, very and orchestral music doesn't seem to have been that big of a deal. No, that's in the what 90s, makes it so, so somewhat epic. Special, I, think. Yeah. I think that's an epic. Yep, that's really nice. So there you go. That's uh, you did really good on the quiz. You did guess every one of them, even the la well, not everyone. Uh, Didn't get Offspring. Offspring, but you did recognize Green Day a second time, even though it was already on the list. And yeah. I could tell you were like, I was like, he wouldn't do that, right? would he? <laughs> So there you go. How did you guys do against Jana? Let us know at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Snack a Little. I, I know our Tina Turner, Kate Smith lover probably did great. I have a feeling that she probably <laughs> did great. I have a feeling. But you know what? And there's and this this segment will probably come up again because there's so many times. You know, I listen to a lot of radio and stuff, classic radio, and some of the new stuff. And there's songs that that I like, and I'm like, wait, that's the title? I didn't even get that Who from the knew? thing. So I thought that yep. was a uh, yep thought that would be a fun thing to bring to the show. Do you have any thoughts on helicopter parents? I have tons of thoughts. We should actually do a show solely about helicopter parents. Helicopter parents, folks. Well, you know what? We'll go back and um, anytime you want to, and we can discuss this yeah. uh, any old time. But let's just talk a little bit about, from psychology today, Okay. the dangers of overprotective parenting. Ugh. So it says, in modern life, a growing degree of narcissism and social media-fueled paranoia are harming our mental health. Many young people fear that the admission of vulnerability will affect their employment or relationships at a time when their futures are already far less secure or predictable than those of their parents. Independence, reduced family orientation, and a drive for self-fulfillment have led to a growth in unhappiness. Other changes include changing family structure, which has led to a re reduction of extended family uh, and an increase in separation, divorce, uh, an increase in parents working more hours. People's family lifestyles have changed. There's been an increase in mobility, decrease in rooted communities, and increasing pursuit. Okay, I have to say, as I'm going through this, right. eventually it touches more on what I think has to do with helicopter parenting. But I think that it, maybe his point is just starting out with things are screwed up anyway. Yeah, this, this <laughs> is a lot of generalizing and stuff like that. Yes. And, which is what you do when you're writing an article. You know, you, you start out general and you get more into the meat of the action and then you kind of wrap it up with a uh, conclusion. We'll ding that. <laughs> meat of the action. Oh, I thought it was wrapping it up. <laughs> well, we can, okay, both of them. It says people's lifestyles have witnessed a decrease in exercise, resulting in more indoor pursuits such as computer time, television, virtual connection with social media, the commercialization of everyday life 
and it increases in the targeted marketing of consumer goods and the creation of new commercial opportunities, including childhood marketing, changes in the education system for sure. Yeah. Uh, greater access to new multiple and contradictory solutions for so psychosychological uh, psychological and behavioral problems. Uh, what what made you pause on that? Well, okay, greater access to new multiple and contradictory solutions for psychological and be behavioral problems. Right. So that's interesting, the contradictory part. What do you Well, I would say that's because you have the internet, you search for something and you're going to find uh, both sides of an issue. So you, you don't think saying, it's a matter have, of maybe you, like an you have one therapist that's in their 50s and another therapist that's been trained uh, in the more woke schools. You don't think right. it's something like that? Or? Well, I think that's it as well. And it's okay. but it's also like different ways that people search out things okay okay you know it's it's like oh i'm feeling dead let me see oh, what's it like to be depressed or what does this right. mean and some people will say no you're just you know uh you had a bad day mm -hmm. or other people will say no that's total full depression and you have to do that so it's i i i get that i mean look with any i'm, I'm using air quotes here facts right that are out there you get a lot of stuff that's contradictory so it's okay. it's uh, maybe it's referring to that kind of thing that on the internet you're going to get multiple opinions or more opinions than you ever would before the internet. Let's put Makes it that sense. way. Well, uh, how about this? An excessive rise in prescription uh, of prescriptions of psychiatric medication. That surprises me because I thought that now nobody can take anything because everything's addictive. So <laughs> right. I'm surprised. But it's also, it's also the brave new world theory of uh, here's a pill to take care of that. You take this pill. Yeah. I, I can't, just, like I said, uh, and I've mentioned on the show before, when I got ill at the beginning of 2020, uh, just a little bit ill. I went to the doctor. They did all these tests on me. And I went back in and they, oh, you got to take this pill, this pill. They gave me five different prescriptions instead of saying, cut back on the ice cream fatty. Huh. Okay. You know, or, or you, uh, I mean, I'm kind of putting it all in a nutshell. Right, it's not right, exactly right. what happened. But but that was the thing. It was like, well, I was expecting them to tell me I need to change my diet. I need to do this and that. No, right. here's, yeah. just take a pill. It's like, no, no, I don't like that. So I, I think they're Pills are being, I, I still, in my experience, certainly things have been over-prescribed. Right, prescriptions, yeah. Uh, changing roles, such as renegotiation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to negotiate a new gender, which is what it's saying. <laughs> renegotiation of gender and family roles. Self-expectations. We expect more from ourselves in our lives than before. I don't think that's true. When you have less people that want to work, what is it they're expecting from themselves? Just tell me, Mark. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> we all acquire a sense of ourselves through the values and beliefs, practices of our society and culture. We get to know ourselves through these contexts, including the language that is given to us by professionals about mental health and illness. It's also important to point out that we are not just victims of our society or our family. We can think, act, and feel on a personal level. Goodness. So a self-centered or narcissistic society means many people feel they must continue to look after number one and that their personal needs, wishes, and desires must be fulfilled, even sometimes at all casts. On a personal psychological level, this increasingly self-centered society places us in a psychological vacuum. I said all that without like tripping over my words. <laughs> Here we may become preoccupied with self-survival, devoid of a sense of the emotional security that comes from feeling we are valued as a person and not a consumer, and the belief that we are enduring, uh, an enduring, and we have a sense of belonging to and with others in the world. I don't understand. 
other than it saying that people are narcissistic and self-centered, and I do believe that uh, helicopter parenting can bring that about. But they're not really wrapping it that direction yet. No, so. no, they're not. Okay, here we go, though. All right, let's get into it. The golden cage of parenting. So social changes have accelerated recently, especially in the change in family formations. Children in the Western world are now being born into smaller families with greater resources and enhanced focus on their children's needs. There is less competition for parental and carer attention in smaller groups and personal needs are more likely to be fully met in these highly protective contexts. The adult carer in these contexts is often continuously trying to avoid discomfort for their children, often looking to substitute themselves for their children if a difficult or potentially stress-provoking situation arises. Right. This may inadvertently damage their child's sense of self and sense of their capabilities. I agree. Okay. <laughs> I do too. Parenting in these situations is best characterized by sweet and warm communication with protection and love being central to these interactions. These parents find themselves continually speaking and connecting with their children in order to prevent any possible difficulties. More often than not, if the child refuses to accept the protection and love on offer, they are left, they, meaning the parents, I believe, are left feeling guilt and shame. Right. It's a complex contradiction. The effects of this style of raising children can be dire and trap children in a complex contradiction. A mess. <laughs> children are force-fed images of themselves as having high self-esteem, yet many of them have not faced many practical real-world problems and overcome them as a way of learning that, earning that self-esteem. These young people, when overparented, often harbor a grave mistrust in those around them and in their own capabilities. How many kids are told they can be whatever they want, even the president of their country, while at the same time having everything done and every problem solved for them by their parents? Right. <laughs> In this interaction, a dangerous double message is created because each time the parent substitutes themselves for their kids and solves problems for them, the parents are really saying to their kids, I do this because I love you, but I really do it because you are incapable of doing it for yourself. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this double bind. I don't, know, I don't know how long this article is, so I'm not expanding on my it's answers fine. yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this double bind undermines in a very subtle way the child's sense of competence and capability. So it's interesting because, I mean, I haven't really given it. It's not totally true. I haven't given it a thought. I haven't thought about this in the way they're wording it. Right. I just have observed the results with some people to where, yeah, kids really have no real sense of what it's like to be out there in the world and to have social, normal social interaction and to have people disagree with you sometimes and to handle it with, uh, with grace. Right. And so, yeah, they're, they're saying it much differently. And I didn't really think of it this way is that you're really not giving them, building their self-esteem, you're not helping it grow. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's my view. I mean, this is, this is something that culturally, and by culture, I just mean what I refer to as the family, the nuclear family. There, I refer to it as the microculture in that family. For me, it was me and my two boys. Mm -hmm. And I decided early on 
based on my upbringing, I had some issues with uh, my dad not being connected to me and paying attention to the things I was interested in and stuff like that. Uh, and so I made sure that I was going to teach my boys or be involved as much as I can. I, I, you know, I take that back. Be involved enough to know what their interests were to encourage their interests, but not be guiding them in that direction. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. I'm just saying, that, for instance, uh, uh, my older son loved food, of all mm -hmm. things. He loved watching the Food Network and all that, mm -hmm. but he also liked fishing in the outdoors. Uh, we had a relative that uh, was an older relative, our oldest living relative at the time. Uh, she didn't know what to get the boys for Christmas or anything, so she would give me money to get them something from her. And uh, my younger son at the time was programming computer games and stuff like that, doing modifications of games and stuff. In fact, he was selling them to his friends at school on disc, hmm. you know, his modifications. Mm -hmm. uh, so for my older son, when he would get his magazine subscription, and by the way, I would tell this is a great aunt of mine. I would tell her this is what I got for it. So she wasn't, she knew, mm -hmm. you know, my older son got a subscription to Field and Stream every year from her. Mm -hmm. And my younger son got a subscription to Electronic Gaming Monthly, which was a fan-slash-technical computer gaming magazine. So mm -hmm. I helped encourage that stuff. I didn't go alongside them and read it and say, you have to read it. I, I got stuff. I knew enough of their interests to guide them a little bit, but right. let them make their own path mm -hmm. towards that. Yeah. So uh, rather than just letting them do whatever they want without any kind of guidance or anything where they don't right, have a right. direction. Yeah. And they don't have any motivation to go any further to learn anymore. Well, here's some relational patterns that are described below on the page. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it's just some examples and we can, we can, you know what, you may already see this in, in your own life with people that you know. So the message that the child is receiving from their parents is that it's not necessary for a child to do much and they don't have to face the fearful consequences of failure when everything's done for them. Right. Which they didn't lay that out. But I mean, I think when you're helicoptering your child, then that's pretty much a given. Right. Parents or grandparents can intervene and solve everything. Rewards do not depend on what you do uh, or on the results that you achieve. They are received because you're special and therefore things are yours by right. That started changing with, um, in church. We used to have a competition every year. It was a show. Basically, it was a variety show or whatever. Right. A right. show that you, uh, that the kids from 12 to 18, and then you had um, a, a leader or a teacher that, you know, uh, it's like being in a classroom. It's just it's much smaller than a school classroom, but it's a church classroom. And um, we would perform the show, and there was usually a, no, there was always back then a winning um, show. Right. That was uh, usually winning original. Winning act. Yes, thank you. And by the way, they usually gave a theme. And they're like, it's supposed to be like a 20-minute play, and you have to have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and okay. it's going to be awesome. A anyway, but then somebody decided, no, everybody has to win something. And so they started changing it so that there was a prize for everybody. Right. And I'm sorry, but I don't think there's anything wrong with striving to have yours be the best. And if you have kids that are like sore winners, teach them. So, Teach them to So let act me ask right. you this on that. The talent show, which I've been a part of, yes. is that what you're talking about? Or is that something separate? It's something separate. Okay. Uh, did yeah, they, something did separate. it ever have a winner? The talent show? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Because a number of years ago, Jana and her sister asked me to be in their talent show at yeah. church, which, you know, adults 
doing stuff and, and uh, part of a group. And I was gung-ho. And I said, no, yeah, we got to win this. Oh, no, 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 there, there's no winner. Yep. And I was like, wait, what? Yep, yep, yep. Same. <laughs> Com- competitive me almost backed out right then. I was like, no, I thought this was a competition. It's a talent show. Right. Someone wins. I mean, we have American Idol. America's Got Talent. We have all this someone stuff. Someone wins, is, someone, someone loses. Is, no, no, it's just a showcase to show I, everyone. That I mean, like, what? Get, so get better <laughs> or find something different that you are better at. I mean, that's life. Yeah. Aye. <laughs> Uh, okay. Effort is not required to obtain most things, and it leads a child to an unrealistic view of the world. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got I to gotta tell you, uh, my kids were very fortunate in that in my business of film and video production, I had to keep uh, my computer updated significantly. I mean, I, I had supercomputer to do all my work on, and the next year when I get a new computer, my kids would get the hand-me-downs. My kids were very fortunate that they got supercomputer hand-me-downs. Yes, they were a couple years old in technology, but back then, people, a lot of people didn't have home computers mm-hmm, still. Mm-hmm. And my kids had some pretty special ones. So they, right. that was, uh, and especially for my younger son, because he was into computer programming, video games and stuff like that. And that really helped him a lot to have a computer that had a decent video card mm-hmm. in it and stuff like that. All right, so just briefly, let's go through, and this is uh, from Inc, I-N-C period. Okay. The five problems with overprotective parents and the things that they are likely to experience the kids in adulthood from being overprotected. Numero uno, they have more health problems. A 2016 study from Florida State University found that helicopter kids are more likely to have health issues in adulthood. They found that most helicopter kids never learned how to manage their health because their parents always told them when to go to sleep, when to exercise, and what to eat. Intrusive parents often worry excessively about their kids' health and provide constant reminders about what to do. Studies show in the absence of those constant reminders, helicopter kids don't care for their bodies. I can see that. I can totally see that. See, the thing is, is it, it, I'm trying not to get up on my high horse here, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> which is very difficult to do yes, yes. because I took a lot of thought into this kind of thing when mm-hmm. I was bringing up my boys. I want to teach them, uh, especially nutrition. Mm-hmm. Yes, we had uh, pizza, mm-hmm. uh, ice cream occasionally. Yeah. But I got to tell you, you know what? At our house, fruit was a treat. Mm-hmm. I taught them fruit was a treat. I said, if you don't you don't behave, you're not going to get your apple. Oh. And in fact, I was on a, on a shoot one time because I did my regular film video stuff and other stuff on the weekends where I could bring my kids. When they were little, we were shooting in a factory, a abandoned factory. At least it was for the weekend. And I had a blanket for them. You guys now stay on your blanket. Stay in this area. Don't go running off. Uh, but... And the director, because I was a cinematographer for this particular project, the director who, I don't know that he had kids yet or he just had infants. And my boys were probably uh, seven and nine or something like that. More like eight and ten maybe. Anyway, and I told him, I go, look, if you behave afterwards, we'll go get some apples or something like that. And he was like, he came up to me, he goes, fruit's a treat. And away from my kids he used to say fruit's a treat fruit's ah. a treat because i told him that was my philosophy you look yeah. you tell the kids that that an apple is a treat and they're gonna want that right they're gonna do their stuff and i always had in my house fresh fresh fruit i, I don't now when it's just me because mm-hmm. i eat out of my garden my vegetables but i uh, always had fresh fruit always stocked fresh fruit and my kids ate it up like it was candy that's great it's great habit to get into 
All right, well, what about this? Do your kids feel entitled? Helicopter parents dote on their kids so much that they tend to think that they're the center of the universe. And that notion that they're extra special doesn't go away when they turn 18. <laughs> Researchers from the University of Arizona found that helicopter kids growing up grow up feeling entitled. They're more likely to agree with statements such as, I demand the best because I'm worth it. And people like me deserve a break every now and then. Well, Other I'm, I'm not against that kind of philosophy. I mean, thinking that you got to think of number one. But that doesn't mean everything has to come to you for free or easy. Yes. Well, it, it says here that the, a constant, a, a sense of entitlement leads to chronic disappointment and ongoing suffering in life. And I can see that, too. I mean, well, I guess it's if the you're, sense if of every, title, entitlement. If, if everything's part. always handed to you and then all of a sudden, wait, I don't get a new computer every year like right. dad used to hand right. me down. Yeah. But I also taught my kids, if you want other things aside from the things that we get... You can get a job. Mm -hmm. I would. I remember I would drive down the street when we'd go somewhere, and I'd stop, and I'd, you know, right in the middle of the street. No, it's a dead-end street, so it's not like there was a lot of traffic. And I'd point to a yard said, hey, hey, boys, see what that is? And they're looking, or what, what, what? That's Naked an opportunity. Lady. Oh, an opportunity. No. <laughs> or, or, or an opportunity. No, I said, it's an opportunity because it would be a lawn that needed mowed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I said, you could use our lawnmower, go down there, and make 10, 20 bucks. Cool. They Smart. Never, they never did. Oh. <laughs> Because they, they had computers. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, Different and, age. and because of my entertainment system at home, I have an amazing home theater. Yeah. You know, we had that, uh, which they were not allowed to use on their own, by the way. But, but still, you know, we had a lot of entertainment mm -hmm. at home. <laughs> well, Mark, they also have emotional problems. Helicopter kids grow up without learning how to regulate their emotions. Their parents did that for them. Shame on you. If they were sad, their parents cheered them up. If they were angry, I'm just picturing a parent with a clown suit and tap dancing and, you know, if they were sad, their parents cheered them up. If they were angry, their parents calmed them down. Their lack of What's emotional. Wrong with that? Well, I think to a certain extent, there is a problem with it. I mean, if your kid is throwing a tantrum just because they're a well, snot that's head, different. It's different. Yes. There are times when you just got to be all right, deal with it. Yeah. Sucker. Their lack of emotional regulation skills becomes a big problem once they leave the nest. A 2013 study conducted by researchers at the University of Mary Washington in Virginia found that college students who were raised by helicopter parents, and I think that we have more helicopter parents than ever, are more likely to be depressed. They also report less satisfaction with their lives overall. They also rely a lot on medication. Helicopter kids, that's number four aren't used to tolerating discomfort. Their parents shielded them from the pain and prevented them from dealing with hardship. In addition, they're using, they're, they're used to immediate gratification. They may, that could explain why they're quick to reach for medication when their pain resolved, when their pain, and they want it gone now, when their pain isn't resolved, doesn't say it isn't. Oh, okay, but. okay. A 2011 study conducted by researchers at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga found that college students whose parents hovered were more likely to take medication for anxiety and depression. Wow. They were also more likely to recreationally consume pain pills. I can I can see that. And that and that's see <coughs> Excuse I, me. I am against that kind of stuff. And again, it gets, goes down to the same thing we were talking about, about there's a pill for everything rather mm -hmm. than teaching coping skills. Right. And teaching manners mm -hmm. and teaching how to behave in public. I mean, my gosh, back in the day when uh, my sister and her two kids and me and my two kids would go out to dinner together, you know, we'd take our kids out. I, 
our kids were the most well-behaved kids around. There's kids running around out like idiots and all this and, you know, in the restaurant. And this was, this was mainly like Sizzler we would go to. Mm-hmm. And our kids were so well-behaved. I kid you not, nearly every time that we went out as a couple, if you will, because we did look right. like a family. Her yeah. two kids were just a little couple years younger than mine. People would actually come over to our table and, and, and say, you guys have such great kids. Your kids are so... And, and we, you know what? If your kids don't know how to behave, stay out of the restaurant. I do not care if you think I'm being pe- mean. But people stay don't out care. till they can learn. To, to, people don't care. People yep. let their kids yep. run around. They don't care. Yep. But I tell you, I taught my kids to behave. My sister taught her kids to behave. And we would get praise nearly every time we would mm-hmm. go out. People would come over and say how well-behaved our kids were. Yeah, we were good kids, too. And finally, Mark, they lack self-regulation skills. Helicopter kids don't grow up with as much free time as other kids. Their environments are usually highly constructed and their time is closely regulated. Without opportunities to practice managing themselves, they lack the skills necessary to reach their goals. Uh, There was a study at the University of Colorado, and it found that adults who grew up with helicopter parents are less likely to possess the mental control and motivation that they need to succeed, which is pretty depressing, since I do think we have an uptick in helicoptering. Right. Other studies have drawn similar conclusions. Helicopter kids grow up to procrastinate, and they lack the initiative and motivation needed to succeed. So parents essentially without going into a lot more reading, it's telling you to monitor your tendency to hover. Yeah. I say back off. I say teach them the skills and let them learn how to fail. Let them build their own mental muscle, it says here. Okay. I I agree. Because to me, one of the main goals of parenting for me was to not only uh, show them love. Yes. Let them know that I do love them. And I told my boys that every day. But to guide them into being responsible adults and independent adults. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had my kids separating laundry. I try to think of how how young they were, but it was pretty young. I had them at least separating the laundry when it was laundry day. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't until they were teens, probably they were doing their own laundry, you know, because we, you know, we're being, it's more efficient to have all our laundry at the same time. But I would have them separate out the clothes of the laundry when they were very young. Mm-hmm. And I taught them, you know, they could make their own cereal. I had to at one time get half gallons of milk because they were too young to hold a whole gallon of milk without spilling it, you know, because a gallon of milk for a little kid is pretty hefty, yeah. weighs, weighs yeah. quite a bit. But uh, so I would get the half gallon of milk. So it was a little mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. easier for them. But, Good. you know, they were responsible for their own breakfast at a young age. I think yeah. uh, two years old, I was like, no, that's not true. <laughs> but but I always taught my kids to be independent. Yeah. So much so that that almost to a fault, I think, at some point, reflecting back. But But they always knew that they had me there as a resource. And I taught them how to think ahead of their actions. That don't think about how this action is going to affect you today. Project, astral project into the future. There you go. And to see how it's going to happen, how that decision is going to affect you in 30 days, in two years, in five years. Mm-hmm. You know, sometime, I mean, you don't have to do that with every decision. Right. I didn't say that part of it, though. No, I want because you to I think know about what's going to happen when you eat that cake. Right. <laughs> Before you take your next bite, yeah. how is that next bite yeah. going to affect well, you 30 years down you. the road? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But, but I did teach them some of the skills to think ahead 
so that you don't make rash decisions. And I also taught them because, you know, I had a lot of, lot of different friends coming in and out of my life at that time. And I also taught them to be sure you take advice from the right people. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my friends was a member of the Girlfriend of the Month Club. And he would come over and ask the boys you know, who their girlfriend was, how are things going type of thing. Yeah, very friendly and stuff. Nothing wrong with anything he was doing. But I would also tell them, hey... Don't listen to, from, to relation advice from him because right, he has right. a new girlfriend every yes, month. Yeah. I said he's a great guy. You know, I'm glad that he's you know hanging out here and all that stuff and hanging out with us. But he's he goes not to, the poster child for healthy right. relation, long lasting. And I think I said the same thing about someone who had financial issues. I don't know if I pointed to anyone specific, but I know I, I had taught them that you know, if you're going to get financial advice, have it by someone who's been successful at it, yeah. or you could learn and take the opposite advice from the people who've been unsuccessful at it that still are doing the same thing with the same results. Yeah. So I think that stuff and allowing your kids to make some mistakes and to correct mistakes and to make decisions on their own, that to me is what's going to make them a good adult, is be able to make yeah. decisions yeah. on their own yeah. and most importantly, take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like you said, in this in this article, they're talking about when parents do make all the food for them and do all this stuff, and then they get out on their own. They don't know. They don't even know. They don't, number one, they don't want to get out on their own because they don't even know how to handle it. They, they're not going to know what it's like to have somebody disagree with them. They're not going to be able to handle when your boss, you know, is mean to you because they tell you you're not doing this right. You know, I mean... Or, or what kind of food to make and or yeah, stuff like that. I, just, you know, I, I encourage, like I said, my older son was into cooking. He eventually went to the Culinary Arts Institute uh, to be a chef. But, you know, I let him cook, mm-hmm. you know, at home. You want to make dinner tonight? Have at it. Yeah. You make dinner, I'll help with the dishes. You know, we all had our job. My kids were doing dishes from when, when I could get them to stand at the sink. That's that's they were great. doing dishes. You need to we, raise. We never had a kids. dishwasher, and I had them both do it: one washed, one dried. And uh, I, in fact, I taught them. I taught them that okay, because look, my boys were sixteen months apart. There was always a competition, somewhat. Uh, but I had would one of them I said one of you washes, the other dries. And as you're drying, if you find something else on the dish, the, the one the other one didn't get, you got to hand it back to them. Mm-hmm. So now, unless unless they pair up to say, you know what, let's just wipe the dishes and not even run water, <laughs> just, <laughs> which they did not do because I would see them. Just get some white spray paint and spray paint <laughs> over the the scraps of food. <laughs> but they were taught to check each other's work. Mm-hmm. And not only that, to work together to get a job that's going to satisfy the boss, who right. was me, obviously. And and I think it gave them both work, great work ethics. Now, mind you, in high school, they did not have jobs because they didn't have any needs for extra money mm-hmm. in that sense because they had supercomputers at home for the video games and a home theater system and we had a basketball hoop outside yeah. But uh, once they got out on their own, they had no problem getting jobs and moving up the ranks as much as they could at mm-hmm. that time. So I, I, I feel that I was good at that, uh, at teaching them to be good adults for the most part. It sounds like it. Yes. There's a woman that I follow on Instagram. Uh, the site is called, for those of you who are still raising kids, grandkids, this might be something you want to share with your 
you know, your kids who are raising kids. Um, there's a lot of actually content that she shares that would be useful for everybody. But one of the things that she, I have so much respect for is raising capable kids. And so, for example, let's say her kids have, uh, let's say her son has a scouting trip coming up and there's a little bit of run money that you have to raise for that. They all have assigned chores and the chores are rotated every week. I believe it's every week. So they, you know, you don't get too bored with that one um, or too comfortable with it. But when they want to raise money, the parents of this woman and her, the, the woman and her husband, they tell the kids, think of something that you can do around the house um, to raise extra money. They give the kids the option to think right. of some things. Some, I can help you think above of something. and beyond. Yes, it's their not chores. like, oh, okay, right. I'm going to kick you a little extra money for doing your chores. No. They, sometimes it's like, okay, choose some books that you want to read and you want to finish it by this date. Right. And it could be something like that, something that they have to do anyway. You know. So I love that because she will share all of the time a seven and eight-year-old uh, working in the kitchen, helping decide what the meal is going to be. Right. And she gives them certain, um, cho not chores, but certain duties to right. help get the food prepared. See, my mom was very organized at one point for some reason. I, I don't know why. I, and I'm not complaining. We got an allowance. Mm -hmm. And my mom, being a very organized person, came up with a calendar. And we, it was just my sister and I, came up with a calendar and wrote down the chores and put a star behind, you know, beside when each one of us did it. It wasn't a star meaning, hey, you get a star for the day. It was a star meaning you completed your chore. Yeah, and yeah. if you didn't, it's like a it, check mark. If you didn't, your allowance got docked. Mm hmm. Well, that worked okay for a little bit until I started getting lawn jobs. I'm going out, and this is back in the day. I was making $5 per lawn, yeah. and I was doing four lawns a day on Saturday mm -hmm. and Sunday. And I was like, Psh, I don't need my allowance. Uh, I don't need doing well, So there was a little, there was a bit of an argument that uh, went on there I, when I, I was like, imagine. you didn't take out the trash. I don't need to. Yeah. Yeah, but it's on the chart for your allowance. I got a new boss in town. I don't need the allowance. I'm an independent. That's right. <laughs> Brilliant. I got my own thing going. <laughs> That didn't that didn't last for very long. It, as it turns mm, out, living not. there, I actually had to help contribute and imagine do the that. chores. It's messed up. <laughs> and again, that was a valuable lesson for me. You didn't in the you sense didn't that you know out what? And get a helicopter That's parent. Right. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> well, all right. Now, uh, before we get to our final segment, I just want to say I did in the meantime look up Velcro Fly from ZZ Top. Okay, let's see if it and sounds. it is. The video is, it starts off, it is totally uh, Egyptian, Egyptian, ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs. And so stuff. it reminds the other song, uh, the Offspring song. Right. Although this is obviously louder and more extra, right. not reverb, I don't even know what you'd call that. But right. the production quality is different, it's louder, right. ballsier, but it reminded me of it for yeah. some reason. But the Egyptian part, interesting, weird. I don't know why they had it. Well, you know, I don't know that ZZ Top necessarily made that decision. It was some wacky director that they came up with that comes up with this stuff. Wow. The background of this is, has got to be around the era of the first Top Gun. Like, uh, whoever that, the... Um, Kenny King Loggins? No, the... There's the other person that did not the highway to the danger zone. Mm, sorry. Can't think of a name. <laughs> so my question for you is, yeah. since you didn't know that ZZ Top's songs were all sexualized, yeah, no. don't you know what Velcro Fly referred to? 
No. That was a girl whose fly doesn't even need a zipper. It's used so often it has Velcro. Oh. To make it easier to she's, get to. She's a quick. nasty girl. Yeah, that's the whole song. You never knew that? No. Oh my gosh. Nope. You are such. You your your rose colored glasses never cease to amaze. Do you me. do you see a, a halo up here? <laughs> <laughs> more like frizz. It's been pretty. Um, it's been pretty humid, so my halo looks more like a, some frizz right now. Oh my gosh! I can't believe that you didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know. And you know that song, which is a little off the beaten track. Just for enough them, for that but... sticky stuff. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that whole song. That's what it's about. <laughs> No, oh, I just thought they were gosh. talking about honey or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, Mark, you know that um, I was out. I was out uh, for, mm, what, seven or so days. I'm right. sick. You were a little bit ill there for a bit. I was. So I've been at my home a lot, a lot more than I normally am, just day after day. Right. And so I have said before to people, you know, I mean, things happen here at the house. But, you know, I can't say that it's necessarily day or night, but I mean, I notice things more at night, but it makes sense because things are quieter. There isn't a lot of stuff going on. It's quieter in the neighborhood. Not a lot of outside noise and stuff like that. And I I also think that your senses are more heightened when it's darker. I think all of your senses turn on and go, okay, we got to make up for what we can't see. I think so. I think that is a uh, natural animalistic uh, instinct that we have is that uh, nighttime is dangerous. So our our senses get a little bit little. I like you said heightened. Yeah, well, some things that happened while well, I've been here at the house, ill. Okay. And so it does make me think that. Wait, okay. is this going to be a poop story? No. Oh. <laughs> well. Well, uh, just stay tuned. <laughs> we'll start. We'll start with this. Um, uh, a lot of the time, the cats would be in my in my. Uh, bedroom with me right. just watching out and making sure they they seem to know when you don't feel well they they seem to sympathize and worry and check on you and so anyway um a couple of times my cat penny was watching now i've had this happen before with lady jean but it's been a few years penny saw something next to me on the bed where I'm laying and she had like laser focus right watching something now I keep looking around and I'm thinking oh is there is it a bug is it a thing that I could not find anything I'm not going to say that it's uh, paranormal uh, but I've had it happen before and it's pretty freaky because you don't know you don't know what's freaking them out there's just something next to you and it's freaking your cats out and they are uh, can't be distracted from watching whatever it is by the way as jana started that story the lights in here flickered they did and let me tell tell you it's not because of loose bulbs because i replaced two of those bulbs recently and i put them in tight yeah we have the conditioning turned down (laughs) um and and yeah okay well anyway um okay but that's not all all right I was, you asked me if there was a poop story. (laughs) I don't think I was pooping, but I was sitting on the toilet. All right. I had a- I like where this is going. Right next to me, to the left, is the sink in the bathroom. Okay. I had a towel that's like kind of hanging over into the sink and then down, you know, it hangs down over the sink. Right. Um, I- 
yeah, I had it. I kept inhaling steam so that I wouldn't like, you know, die in my sleep from like, you know, snot. <laughs> and so I kept that towel there a lot to like, you know, be inhaling steam. So yes, I had that towel just sitting there on the sink. As I'm sitting there on the toilet, broad daylight, I saw the towel lift up. I saw it flip up. I turn over and I look, because I know what I just saw. And it's still waving from being flipped. Oh my God. I know what I saw. The towel flipped. How? I don't know, because I'm sitting here and it's over there to my left. To me, that would have been an instant poop story. It's so weird, Mark, because I've always thought I'm a chicken, and all I can say is I've been at the manor for 12 years, the and now it's just the towel up. flipped. I saw it flip and turn, and I'm like, okay, well, it's not it's not hovering in the air, but it's dancing. It was just there were no cats in there with me. It was just me and whatever else. Okay. See, right then the toilet would have went. <laughs> <laughs> No. I would have said, thank goodness I was in a sitting position on the toilet. Strangely enough, wow. that did not happen. But it was pretty freaky. And you know what? It's freaky, but also it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, I see it waving. So I know that I, I know that I. Wow. It really happened because it's still moving. Okay. Another time during that week, I'm standing to the side of my bed let's see I, I don't know that this is important but i want you to get an idea so there's a nightstand right next to my bed okay that's where i was keeping my cup of tea that i was drinking a couple of times a day because that's supposed to help you know keep the passages clear and flowing and you breathing okay so i've got my my cup of tea there it's about half full there's something in there and there's a spoon and i use the spoon to to stir the tea and the honey right okay so i'm not laying on the bed i'm standing up I, I was right by the window, but I don't remember if I was looking out the window, but I was by the window, which is very close to all of this. I have my back to the, the bed and the, uh, the nightstand, and I distinctly hear the spoon that... <sighs> I'm getting the chills. I hear the spoon that's in the teacup, which I should have brought one in here. It sounds like somebody flipped it up and then it fell back on the glass. Oh I know God. exactly what I heard. Oh I turn God. around and I look at it and I'm like, that was my spoon hitting the glass. So I go and I lift it and I flip it because I want to hear it just to confirm. Right. It's like, yep, that's what it is. That's what I heard. Something just messed with <laughs> the spoon. I'm going to ding the word you didn't on say. My you were going to say. Which, by the way, is not the first time, if you'll recall, that something with tea has happened. Right, right. So, so a that's, tea that's before. Inter- yeah, I've had a, a, a mysterious tea thing happen before. But I, there is no explanation, in particular for the tea. It's not like my nightgown got cut up on the nightstand on the spoon. And when I stood, no, because I was already standing at the window. And wow. no, my night, my night, no. I was, by the way, I was naked most of the time because it's hot and I didn't feel good. So right. there was nothing to get caught on there. Right. And then finally, I don't know what to think about this. I was laying in bed and I noticed that the the skin on my like torso mm-hmm. burned and it's like that's weird why does it burn and I'm like I, I you know anyway I look and I have two I took a picture I had two scratches I did not I can't say that I felt okay I'm taking my fingers I, it's not like I felt some fingers on me right I don't know what happened but I know that when it happened and 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 
what happened. I have no idea. I only know that suddenly I was aware of burning. And I'll just show you. Uh, I may be running out the door. Wow. So just two perfectly even Scratch scratches. Marks. Yeah, so Jana's showing me a picture yep. that she took at that time. Yep. That has two scratch marks that and, were from her torso. And it and it burned and I was only aware of it when I became aware of the fact that it burned. it it obviously I'm gonna say it drew blood. It was enough of a scratch mark that you can see like it's a little bit scabbed over or whatever. Right. Um right. And so you'd think I'd be aware of it. I'm not. Of when that so, happened. Yeah. yeah. So, so you feel that. Yes. I only felt it when I felt it. So I don't know if that's when it happened, when I was laying on the bed. Oh, my God. Or what. I have no idea. But I'm just like, where did I get this? <laughs> I'm getting scared to be here in your house it's now. It's pretty freaky. So that's what I discovered oh, wow. while I've been at the house pretty much 24-7 for seven, eight, nine days, however many days it was. Right, right. And uh, so, yeah, when people say, well, why did things happen only at night? I, I, I've said before, I don't know that they do. It's just that you notice it more when things simmer down. But this was day. This was night. Um, okay, one of the uh, early, early mornings. So I always close the door to the bathroom in the master bedroom okay i like it shut because there's a, a window high up there and as the light comes in i mean it comes in and so i just keep it closed right anyway that was open i i could see the light coming in it's probably you know 3 in the morning and it just starts getting lighter right and so i'm not gonna say that necessarily a ghost like opened the door there is a, there's a, in my opinion, it's a very small possibility that I got up sometime in the middle of the night and forgot to close the door. I doubt it though, because I'm a creature of habit with that kind of thing, and right, I'd rather right. have it closed. But because but I you can't, were ill, maybe you didn't yep. pull it all the way closed. It's possible. Yeah. Yep, yep. Not probable, but it is possible. But the scratches, oh my gosh, Jenna. Oh I have God. no idea. I and you've, like I said, you've been withholding this story because you were I, saving it for the show. Yep, 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 <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, that one. Oh I'm just gosh. like, why does this burn? So I don't know if it started burning when it happened, but I'm pretty sure I would notice it beforehand. Wow. But wow. So there you go. I I don't know what to. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Things at the manor. <laughs> Wow, and that's what we got for you. I'm, I'm <laughs> a little, what... I'm a little freaked right now. Are you a little freaked? Yeah. And then the lights doing the things that the lights have been doing. Yeah, the lights here uh, <laughs> flickering. I know, I know. All right, you guys, you can go to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Snack a Little and tell us what you think. Give us, send us a message, post a message on the Facebook wall of any of those three uh, social media accounts. You can also go to our dedicated listener line, and the number is nine zero nine five seven two zero two seven eight. Going back to the beginning, we ate good. If you oh, haven't tried the smash burger, next on the list will have to be maybe not during a show because it is it is a, it is a handful and a mouthful. But <laughs> you could do this and actually do it like a taco. Use some taco seasoning. Interesting. So yeah, yeah, give it a try. Uh, I'm gonna give that a really high grade, a nine or a ten. They're just kind of messy. It was good, and it was good, heavy, and I'm. I'm full for the rest of the and day. And how'd you do on the songs that you might not have known right. the Did title? Right, did you beat Jana? Come on back!